How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going good. <laughs> Looks out at sun. <laughs> What's funny is, like, I said it automatically, and I was like, this is a lie. <laughs> you literally see the light coming in through my window. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, in my defense, um, I can't tell if it's daytime or nighttime in my computer den. There are no windows. That's fair. No. You're right. That was bad. That was my bad. Um, I shouldn't presume that upon you or having a, a clock. Um, yeah, I would have seen the daylight on the way here. I do have to wake up in a room that has windows. But, or a window. I'm not going to be, you know, rep- overly ostentatious. Or anything Jake's like been that. in his bunker. He didn't want to really <laughs> divulge that information until now, but mm-hmm. but we're coming to terms with it. I just have an upright clo- uh, coffin in my like coat closet over there. Just <laughs> rise out of it and <laughs> go record a podcast. <laughs> go back later. <laughs> How does one rise out of an upright coffin? Magically. I, I assume there's some ascension sort of stuff going on. A hover effect. I like the old idea of the Wallace and Gromit bed mm. where he's laying down like normal, bent horizontally, and then it kind of like leans him up and kind of just oh, has yeah. him now standing <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i oh man that was a fun scene we had a we had to have an episode on wallace and gromit wallace and gromit um and by that i mean i love wallace and gromit that's <laughs> not gonna be much of a critique and uh freaking chicken run which was their their actual large outbreak. A large outbreak is a really bad choice of words. <laughs> their breakout title <laughs> uh, for actual media. I'm trying to think of another studio who like does claymation like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to help. There were the little interims in Zabumafu, which were claymation. Hmm. That's about that's about all I remember, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember that. That's a while back. I've got like select old memories of certain things and then just massive gaps up to this week. <laughs> and this week sometimes generous last 3 days, I don't know. Well, speaking of some of those old memories, mm-hmm. let's throw it back to the past with some old CD-ROM games. Oof. Yeah. To set the scene, okay. we, we're now past the age of floppy disks, which nobody knew what they were called until you opened one up and mm. you saw a little limp disk, <laughs> pause for effect, uh-huh. inside of uh, a little shitty plastic sheath. But these are all hard disks, baby. Yeah. There was... Um, uh, I know this is not about the limp disks, but um, I remember one of the only one of the few floppy disk games I had was a uh, theme park and it was on 14 discs. If I remember correctly, it was, you got physical exercise <laughs> installing that game. <laughs> I will say about the, the floppy drive, it was satisfying to push the eject button. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tactile feedback. Yeah. You actually had to, like push in. It's like a spring mechanism versus the CD-ROM where you just kind of, lightly press a button and it goes oh and then it goes to like an actual electrical slide table yeah and we don't even have cd-rom drives 
anymore. At least uh, I, I stopped putting them in my computer builds so like I think a decade I ago. <laughs> Not still a decade. have one, or it might just be DVD only. I but mean, I've had be... Adventure Time in there for like two years, but yeah. I've never put anything else in there. <laughs> I guess it's still it's still worth it um, to have like an optical drive. DVD ROM drive should still run CD ROMs. Do you remember this is this is a side tangent off a side tangent? Do you remember those tiny discs that were like smaller than the standard CD-ROM discs? GameCube, like, yeah. Well, yeah, they were basically GameCube discs, but they had you could. Um, I was about to say you could put them in CD-ROM drives as well. That's not true. You yeah, couldn't it was put a lower GameCube part of the tray, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think like the Chex Adventure game was in there, uh, which was just this tiny little disc. And I remember as a kid, because you don't really get games in um, cereal boxes anymore, as far as I know. But there's this tiny little disc. I was like, this doesn't, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I've, I've fooled my parents into buying checks and the payoff is nothing. <laughs> They've shrunk the CD and this isn't going to do anything. <laughs> what I like to do yeah. is take uh, normal CDs now and just kind mm. of whittle them down to that, that <laughs> size. The modern day car. I don't know where tracks one through six are, but <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the key uh, skill is just maintaining the the tracks that you actually care about, <laughs> whittling from the inside or the outside. I guess inside would give you a donut. This is less useful. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, games. <laughs> <laughs> guess when I woke up. <laughs> no. Um, so I, I see I see on your list you're starting off pretty strong here. Cause although I've never played this, I've heard things about Mist. Oh, I was talking about Mist? <laughs> yeah, I think those games are usually good. <laughs> yeah. So they had a couple in the series, but obviously we're gonna be talking about the first one. Because mm-hmm. this just came out and at least for what I remember at the time, there was nothing else like it. It was very atmospheric, um, and it didn't tell you fucking anything. Yeah, it's like, hey, here's a brief plot synopsis. You're stuck on this island. You're like, what? What the <laughs> fuck do I do? And then you slowly realize it's kind of you have the player perspective, and you kind of point and click around the map to go places and interact with items, objects. And you're essentially looking for puzzles to solve. But initially, when you see everything, you don't know what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to solve. So you just kind of explore right. and click on things. And you're like, oh, this moves this clock piece. Does that do anything? And it's just some trial and error and experimentation, seeing what connects and clicks. That would have been like back in the age of knowledge be- deprivation in games, oh, yeah. too. Like. It's not like, oh, I'm stuck on this thing. Let me Google this real quick. You're like, oh, no, I'd have to go to the library <laughs> or something. <laughs> you know, I guess if you have a computer at this point, <laughs> that's taken care of. But a lot of that information wasn't out there. Or at least I couldn't find it. <laughs> Definitely not. You had to like, have a friend who had either played it or who was better at solving things. Mm-hmm. Or you just you gave up. Yeah. But it was just really fucking cool at the time. I played it with my dad. Because mm. um, we were puzzle-minded. Mm. But there's still a lot of... Th- I never went back and beat it. Right. 
I still don't know half of what to do in that game. I eventually, I think, watched the playthrough a couple of years ago. Yeah. I know there's there's bad ends and a good end or whatever. Multiple endings is the way you'd probably tap the feature. <laughs> yeah. Because um, basically, uh, you are trapped on this island and then you find these books, mm-hmm. which in the Mist universe are like portals into different worlds. Mm-hmm. So while you start out on this one island, you can read, take a look, it's in a book, and go to a different <laughs> fucking universe. <laughs> right. um, but as the intro says, <laughs> a father and his two sons had come there previously, but gotten trapped in their own universes. Mm. So this one son's like, hey, I need you to help me get out of this book. My other brother's a fucking asshole. The other mm. brother's like, you need to help me get out of my book. <laughs> that brother's a fucking asshole. There's a lot of vulgarity in the game missed. <laughs> yeah, they they went pretty hard. It was M-rated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the father, who's, I guess, the secret book you can find, is saying, like, both my sons are actually a little bit power hungry. Mm-hmm. You should let me out of my universe. And that, I think, is the good ending. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. it was very cool to explore and figure things out. The other thing I remember about Mist, because actually I saw some some screens of it back in the day, um, was they really used the, and, and older games did this a lot. They're like, we can't really render like high resolution graphics or sometimes normal resolution graphics <laughs> or graphics, but we can use like a well-designed kind of artistic backdrop and then have selective moving sprites or something on top yeah. of that. Um, so you, they kind of cheated a little bit to give you that that feeling of really cool graphics. Another thing that's cool about it is if you, let's say, move to this point on the map, you could essentially turn and have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then it would keep other landmarks still there. So maybe you actually did need to go to the other side of something to see what was on the back of it. Ah, okay. Like, oh, okay. That's cool. So it just added to the exploration part of it. That is pretty legit. A lot of games, a lot of adventure games, don't really give you multiple perspectives. On it wasn't uh, like this putt putt shit where it's just, oh, I only have one fucking frame of reference for the view. Hmm. Speaking of one frame of reference for the view, um, does anyone watch the view? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's the whole thing or not, but um. King's Quest was your other thing on here, right? Yeah. I, I see this immediately after. I'm like, this is also an adventure game, but this one's the one I think of as... I never played it again, but it's cartoony. Yeah. Um, it's very else, right? cartoony, two-dimensional. Um, you had some items in your inventory, but it was very much a point-and-click adventure. Mm-hmm. That's the entirety of the game. So yeah. it's exploration, talking to people, um trying to merge salami and keys to make yeah. something and hope for the best. Yeah. Again, a lot of trial and error, trial and error for sure. Yeah. And also a lot of times if you fucked up, you died. Yeah. I mean, you go back to like wherever you were moments ago, mm-hmm. but you talk to a mermaid and they're like, Hey, do you want us to like swim you across the lake that you're trying to get across? And you're like, yeah, that seems really convenient. Thanks for solving that problem. Yeah. And then they drown you. <laughs> and then there's this whole animation where you essentially go into hell and you're in this line with other skeletons. They're like, tickets, please. 
So you've heard of uh, you've heard that uh, Grand Theft Auto is a murder simulator, but King's King's Quest is a dying simulator. <laughs> yeah, there there are so many times where it's just your mistake gets you dead somehow. You're yeah. like, I wasn't okay. Yep, I've never been super um, super hot on adventure games like point and click adventure games, but this was the one attribute that basically guaranteed I wasn't going to play it as I don't like grinding out arbitrary <laughs> puzzle solving sequences um or sometimes you'll have like a really again i haven't played this but oftentimes point and click adventure games have kind of absurd puzzle solutions where you're just like ah right i basically could have only guessed this by rng right yeah. banana trout got it that was the solution i needed <laughs> so i will say there's okay so at least for reference i'm talking about king's quest 7 Mm-hmm. I haven't played the other ones. This was just a weird part of my childhood. There is a section where you have to get across this boiling swamp. Mm-hmm. How you ask? Oh, some guy like 13 screens away gives you a frozen cabbage and you can actually <laughs> bring it there. But if you don't do it fast enough, your cabbage will melt. Ah, uh, okay. This is like the, uh, the Goron sword in Ocarina of Time. Yes. Your cabbage melts or Fro- uh, eye frog i guess in that case i don't know it was <laughs> it was a weird old thing okay uh, i've already made a reference to putt putt something uh-huh. else in that space which is a point and click do you remember spy fox dry cereal I, I i do not i remember lots of things with the word fox and spy in it but they're not spy fox <laughs> foxy spy <laughs> <laughs> i've got star fox that's it all right that's the only thing i oh, okay. had <laughs> Maybe something with Spy. Well, um, Spy Fox was just another point-and-click adventure uh, aimed at kids, but kind of a homage to James Bond. Mm-hmm. Like, like instead of Money Penny, it was Monkey Penny, and she was a monkey. Like Spy Kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but everything was very lighthearted and punny. Really I remember like enjoying that as well. Monkey Penny is pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with this one at all, so I've got I've got no no comment on Spy Fox. Um, all right, well, something else you remember from the old CD-ROM days? The old CD-ROM days? Should I should I steal stuff from your list or use mine? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I think um, so. I, I tried to find my physical CD-ROMs for this, but I couldn't. Unfortunately, they may be gone, lost to the ether. I guarantee your parents have them somewhere in a closet. Yeah. At the top shelf. Oh my gosh, that's possible. I saved um, it in case you ever wanted it again. <laughs> All right. Just a bunch of CD-ROM games. Um, so one of the ones, I wanted to start with uh, Oregon Trail, uh, particularly 4th edition by the Learning Company. Um, the reason was, that's the version I ended up with. This was like five CD-ROMs um, to, uh, to actually install it. And I think as you moved across the Oregon Trail, leaving Independence, periodically it'd be like, insert the next CD, <laughs> you know? I'm not entirely sure why this was necessary, because like CD-ROMs had like 400 megabytes of storage, I think. Um, but I don't know. They just didn't do it very optimized. Like, <laughs> uh, But the reason I say it's the start is because when I was in, um, in kindergarten, uh, we had a rotation. This is my lifetime life story time, right? We had a rotation where um, some kids would play with, would be able to play with blocks, 
Some kids would get the Play-Doh. Yep. Some kids would get like desk activities or something. I don't know. It was so boring. I don't even remember what it was. And then like one kid would get the computer. Yep. I was like, this is it. This is it, man. This is it. I love computer. Um, what do you do for a living now? <laughs> I love computers. <laughs> um, so I guess we got to do like Math Blaster, Oregon Trail. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We had a version of Snake where you had to solve math problems. Oh, yeah. Not sure if that oh. was a thing. I remember Math Blaster. I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure on the Snake, but Math Blaster was huge. And it's to my discredit that it didn't make it on this list. <laughs> it's now mentally on the list. I remember um, liking it, but I couldn't tell you anything else beyond that. Yeah. I mean, they were... I don't think they were tremendously interactive as far as games went. I'm going to finish Oregon Trail real quick. Uh, not like actually beat the game because that takes forever. But I think everybody... Uh, maybe it's not true anymore. Maybe not everyone's played Oregon Trail in the same way we did 30 years ago. That's not true. <laughs> Quite that young. But um, naming your friends, naming all of your party members after your friends uh, or people in local proximity because you knew they were going to die of dysentery. Um, to rehash an old story that I've, at least my personal life, said at least 15 times over the course of my life, mm-hmm. I used to think it was dysentery. And that people were mad at me. There was like dissent amongst the group. And that's why I died. There was like a aggressive disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that can be pretty accurate. You could have, um, depending on the version, I think the party could like turn against you depending on morale. Morale mattered. Um, there's a bunch of iconic things like caulking the wagon, fording the river. Um, the version I had, Oregon Trail 4th Edition, had like a little an in-game booklet that was just a list of plants and whether they were edible or not. So anytime you went forward, Gene, it's like, here's a plant you find. And you're like, uh, dandelions. <laughs> and go check the book. Potato. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Thanksgiving dinner. Check the book. <laughs> um, but no, I, I appreciate that. Um and I, I, I do remember the, the strat I used pretty much every playthrough, uh, which was exterminate all wildlife and yep. sell their meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buy a bunch more of bullets. salt and then move the wagon at slowest possible speed <laughs> across down to Oregon <laughs> because you have too much meat. <laughs> yes, bullets. <laughs> yeah, I would trade for bullets and bacon. And then just shoot Buffalo for like an hour. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, what do you want to trade? I'm like, I got meat. What do you got <laughs> yeah. that's not meat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was literally it too. You're like buying up pemmican and stuff like that so that your people don't hate you. Because uh, the only thing you feed them is salted meat. <laughs> You're carrying like two tons of salt with you on the way to Oregon. Just seasons are just passing in the background. It's like summer, fall, winter, spring, and you're just making the slowest progress. The people who like started out 
at the beginning of your journey are growing old and dying <laughs> by the time you make it to Oregon. <laughs> You've gone 10 miles. Uh, each one of them heads their own chain of salted jerky. Uh, by the end of it, you're just like, all right, I think we're going to have to sit down here. And you're just like an outpost, like 50 miles from uh, where you set off, which I think was Independence. Connecticut Trail. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was pretty hilarious, though. I respect the buffalo and the profit they bring me. There you go. <laughs> I don't respect them enough to not shoot them, though. Um, right, naturally. Did you ever play Descent? I did play Descent. You know I played Descent, but I don't think I had the exact same experiences as you did. It was relatively brief, but I might have had a demo or something. So this is actually. I guess it was still a CD game. I do remember having the CD, but this is something that we oh, yeah. had to boot up in DOS. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that that other thing that kind of exists on the computer? Like, I don't know what this is, but I hear beeps and boops. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's DOS. If you hear beeps and boops, that's DOS. <laughs> it's a little bit of DOS left in the Is computer. it dial-up or DOS? That'll be my <laughs> new game show. Um, but yeah, I think all of the sound on it was kind of Commodore 64 era. Maybe not even that old, but it was it was very fun and cool, but it was essentially you're flying around in a ship. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you could move in any direction. You could strafe left and right. You could do barrel rolls. Six degrees of freedom. This is what they called it. Yeah. And the crazy thing is you could be going through the level upside down mm-hmm. or like you'd have to reorient yourself or look at the mini map and then possibly adjust on the numpad so you could love yeah. yourself out you're like okay that's forward that okay now we're reoriented good mm-hmm. but there were all these uh sh- enemy attack ships drones robots yeah these mining robots that would attack you so you had like this whole arsenal of weapons to combat them uh the music was fucking awesome yeah the reactor sequences where you're like, oh, yep. I've killed all the rogue mining robots. I know me destroy the reactor. And then you have 10 seconds before the facility explodes. Your screen is shaking. <laughs> and you're pressing F. F is flare. What was your th- thruster? I, can't, I won't be able to remember that. Yeah, I think it was probably like spaces rockets. It was probably controller shift. So you'd use this afterburner to like kind of get rid of your energy at a fast rate for this mm-hmm. extra speed boost. As your ship is kind of dinging off the walls, being like, I need to get to the exit. Yeah. No, it was it was freaking great. I guess the setting was like it was it was like an asteroid with a mining complex built into it, I think, or something. Yeah, you were going to different mining facilities in like asteroid belts and some planets here and there. You had to like rescue miners that were just like sprites. Uh, that's how, how I t- could tell which way was up or down. I was like, the people are probably standing on the floor. They see you <laughs> but, flying upside down. They're like, are you here to save us? Uh. <laughs> but they're just like jumping. They're doing this little jump animation, trying to wave, get your attention. Um, you had to fly through them, which is not great training for real life, actually. You don't save pedestrians by driving over them. But it worked in the game. <laughs> Cra- crazy taxi strats. Yeah. Um, and then the thing, I, one of the things I loved about Descent was the, um, I mean, the combat was good. It was all like resource management and stuff uh, to a certain extent with like ammo and pickups and a lot of these things that don't 
power-ups and things that don't really exist that much in modern games, except Doom. Thanks, Doom. Um, <laughs> but uh, freaking shield orbs. Just the, the animation for like energy crackling over this bluish sphere just sticks with me in my head. And to this day, it's the representation for Descent. When I was like trying to get a Discord picture, I actually really wanted an animated semi-transparent shield orb one, but I couldn't find a good good source for that. Maybe so I right in. Into that. <laughs> yeah. That's not pretty badass. Um, it's freaking great. Um, but but it, I, I, I liked it. Yeah. it. It threw me off when I played it, though. Like, I've been playing VR games recently and get motion sickness in those. And Descent like could give me motion sickness <laughs> staring at a screen <laughs> stationary. <laughs> no, it was just good. Overall good. Yeah. Um, so I know this is one of those games where you can't really play it anymore unless you go through a very nuanced emulator route. Mm-hmm. But there is a game that came out a couple of years ago that's uh, not a direct comparison, but a that kind of draws a lot of parallels made in the same theme called mm-hmm. Overload. Ah, right, yeah. This that is, is on Steam. It's probably like 15 or 20 bucks. But if yeah. you like Descent, I would say check that out. It hits a lot of those same boxes. I wonder like how many people actually... It's apparently 30 bucks. Oof. Okay, it's gone up in price. Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be on sale at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tagged at Six Degrees of Freedom. That's great. Um, I'm curious, like how many people went back and played some of these games. I'm wondering like what our, our overlap is. Um, I'm not going to do that thing where I'm like, Hey, community engagement. If you've you played this game right in comments, whatever. Um, but I am actually curious, you know, how many people are back there playing descent. There are other people our age. <laughs> I, think. I feel there's probably a subreddit or some community. It's like, Hey, remember this cool old shit. Yeah. Yeah, because the people who made Descent went on to make Free Space, which mm-hmm. was a completely out in space dogfighter, but you still had the six of degrees descent. of freedom. <laughs> Small space, free space. <laughs> I remember liking that too a little bit. Oh my gosh, yeah, Free Space probably has um, a massive. I never, I never played Free Space, but if you look into Space Sims as I have, I came in a little bit late. That one uh, largely helped define the genre. Um, and there's literally like a free implementation, a remake of Free Space that's just on like a GitHub page somewhere. It's like moddable and all this other stuff. Nice. So if you if you want to play Free Space, it's out there. <laughs> it's it's free. <laughs> yeah, in space. <laughs> Where space is the internet. No, it just sounds great though. Um, speaking of great games and by that i mean i thought they were great i see that so you added army men here and i threw in a bunch of things uh, which were like actual sub games in the army men pc franchise um i got this uh the series from walmart because my i i did you also go to like the game section at walmart and you're like is there anything cool that i could try to convince my parents to buy me Probably. I mean, that was kind of how we got our games, right? 
Because I feel mm-hmm. like GameStop wasn't a huge thing yet because consoles were not as popular. So you go to like the game section of Walmart for whatever they had, and you're going off of box art pretty much. Yep. Yep. Maybe <laughs> exactly. I'll read a brief description. Um, but Army Men seemed like an action packed, fun thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember which one we got. I remember so little about it. Yeah. But every time someone says, oh, Army Men, I'm like, I played this. And uh, I have a fond, me- very loose memory about it. Yeah, it's a little, sometimes it's a little hard to pin down because um, there was console versions of some of them. It's like some of the games were shared between console and PC. And other times there was just versions on consoles. Like PlayStation had Sarge's Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and I think Nintendo 64 may have had an implementation. Man. Ugh. You never want the Nintendo 64 <laughs> copy of one of those cross-platform games. Um, sorry. Uh, but for uh, for PC, we got all four of these at once. It was like in a pack, and it was $20. And the way I convinced my parents was like, this is Army Men 1, 2, Toys in Space, and Air Attack. Or it could have, it could have been Air Tactics, I can't remember. Um, for $20, that's $5 per game, parents. That, yeah, that's how you do like, hey, look at all this value. I'm never going to ask for a game again because uh-huh. it's five games in one. Man, I love fucking childhood logic for persuasion and deception. Uh-huh. You're like, hey, oh my gosh. I'll do all my chores. Chores, yeah. You, fa- you found these bargaining chips to be like, mm-hmm. I'll get out of your hair for a bit. And they're like, <laughs> it'd be nice to have a night to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you also mentioned GameStop. My parents' justification, I think, for not to, for or at least my justification for not getting something from a game store is my parents would never have taken me to a game store. The only reason I could convince them of this is because we were already at Walmart. <laughs> like they, uh, they, they weren't so much into that. Um, but I had, I had fond memories of these games. These are like top-down, isometric type games. Now, these uh, so weren't. Tactics, correct? But it no, was kind of really. like moving a squad around. Yeah, it was like squad management. You've got your like um uh depending on the game, you've got your like your mortar units, your flamethrower guys, your um like riflemen, usually a hero type unit named Sarge. <laughs> um and I don't know. They were I, I have really fond memories of them. Um Toys in Space. Like did not review well apparently, and they had like new space units where they had like uh, the um, they were blue I think, but the ladies they added had stun pistols that just perma stun things. That's all they did. They did like completely negligible damage, almost none. But enemies couldn't react as long as they were being stunned. Which is fine until you consider they can use this against you. <laughs> You're like, all right, not playing the game is not a valid way to play the game. Um, and so in prep for this episode, I went back and I checked what some of these review scores were. And they're pretty bad. They're actually like <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I don't know how much it did overall for the time. Mm-hmm. I just remember being like a cool exploration into 3DO cutscenes and I don't know. It seemed like a fun thing for a kid my age at the time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I think like uh, I didn't know what a good game was, and I didn't have a frame of reference. I was just like, "Holy crap, video games are great!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, a game that is here on the computer—that's awesome. Anyways, that's Army Men. I have I had I had thoughts about Army Men, but. In retrospect, I probably I I wouldn't go back and play them. I won't even say probably. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you don't have to go back and play it to still appreciate what it was. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those things, like you said, you didn't know what a bad game was, but it was something you grew up with, and you're like, oh, cool, that helped define who I define who I am today, right? As far as my gaming experience, right? I mean. I would have been much less likely to join the army, obviously, if I didn't play army men. Oh, my reason army. is uh, all the <laughs> right. war crimes they committed in the game. Um. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Actually, so I was going to move on to the next game. But speaking of war crimes, uh, the flamethrower animation and death scenes yep. in army men is actually brutal. And they had like a, a scream associated with it when the enemy soldiers melted. Because they melt to puddles. Because they're plastic. To the, they're they're plastic. plastic toys. I guess we never said they were plastic. These are plastic toys. We're not gonna... <laughs> Do you remember the army men from Toy Story? There you go. They, yeah, it's the same thing. Um, the only difference is they don't have their um, feet mold, melt, uh, molded at the bottom into a, a standard immovable <laughs> uh, like statue. Because <laughs> that does make it hard to move. Okay, another aside... I mm-hmm. forgot about this, but in high school, uh, for Halloween, you were allowed to dress up on the day. So me and some high school buddies at the time planned for like a week to go as army men. Oh, and nice. We had like, I'm going to roughly guess 10 of us mm-hmm. where we all met up at like a friend's house before school at like 6 a.m. Got all our like finalized painting. We had the stands mm-hmm. and then like in between classes, you had like four minutes because your next class or during like certain lunch periods, we would just go find like, Hey, who's going to be around here. And we would just kind of like stand together in a group and that's oh, it. That's great. But that's people awesome. had certain people were riflemen. Other people were like the grenadiers. Uh-huh, Somebody's probably yeah. like the commsat guy. It's just little things like that. I need to find a picture of it. It exists somewhere. Yeah. Oh man. You reminded me of all these types and weapons and things. The games had, I had like fly swatter, which was just this global call down, basically, or like magnifying glass. Magnifying glass, yeah. Thing. Yeah, I don't know how anyone thought it was fair to be able to like call in a kid as support to just melt the opposing the opposing <laughs> army and the whole board. Oh man, this is this is too much detail, and we should move to the next thing. But I also remember what the different uh, colors were. Green was allies. You were always like pretty much playing as green. Mm-hmm. Tan were the enemies, right? Uh, blue were spies for like either side. I don't know what their real real world corollary is there. And nobody knew what gray was. They were mostly used in like Army Men 1. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, I'm, okay. Off. I'm off Army Men. <laughs> Speaking of warfare, worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you Those ever play any worms? Creatures. Play with worms? No, they're gross. Okay, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I play with a lot, a lot of worms. Um, yeah, it was one of the earlier games they had on PC. 
This is done by Team 17. And for anybody who's not familiar, it's kind of like tanks, but you have little worms and you have a bunch of different weapons and abilities. Mm. And then each team you have, you can personalize to have their own language or dialect, like with Mm. different accents you could set. So a lot of times I would go Afrikaans because I didn't know what that was at the time and I thought it sounded awesome. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it just becomes worms will have bazookas, grenades, uh, do airstrikes, have magical weapons like holy hand grenades. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the main goal was to kill the worms or knock them off the stage into water where they would instantly die. Right. Naturally. As one does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of those games that because I owned it and would play when I was at home, which is all the time, if I ever played with friends, I was that guy who was the tryhard and be like, let me line this up. Oh, I've killed three of your guys in one with one baseball bat swing. So I knocked this worm into the other worm into (laughs) a mine, which is by a napalm canister. And Uh, I've knocked three of them off. So you had like actual physics simulations for knockback and stuff like that. Well, there's certain things where you can kind of use a little bit of angling mm-hmm. and take some wind into effect. It wasn't crazy, but it was better to be used to it than not. Yeah. Yeah. My corollary, which like I can't go into too much detail on because it was a DOS game, it wasn't a CD-ROM game, it was a Scorched Earth, the mother of all games, which had the same like premise, but it was just wind things could fall there's a bunch of items you could buy parachutes they were actual tanks and i understand why worms succeeded and like went on to eventually have like the worms reloaded on steam um whereas scorched earth didn't like stay up with the times (laughs) like worms has a lot more personality based off everything i've seen about it yeah kind of like rayman style of uh just animated fun it's a it's good for a giggle with friends. Mm. I'm watching some let's plays right now of uh, Oni cartoons playing with some people and it's just dicking around in bullshit. Um it's more so the personalities of the people playing than the game itself. But yeah. <laughs> it's still a fun little game. Yeah, it's not really um I guess party games aren't super vogue right now outside of like playing locally something like mario party or whatever yeah a lot of those were meant for at the time online play wasn't really a thing so much but mm-hmm. it's like oh i'm gonna have some people over we'll take turns at the keyboard and mouse literally and you that, judge yeah. the person who's going next you're like you're gonna miss you're gonna fucking miss <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh turns at the keyboard yeah that's not uh that's not really a thing anymore huh yeah because we don't have to I can be on my machine. You can be on yours. And we have we both have computers. You're not like the one friend with a computer or whatever. We'll go over. <laughs> and to we have the internet. games in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> for for good and bad, we have the internet. <laughs> Mom, get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, that that never ends well. <laughs> oh man. Um, so I had one here. Um, Age of Empires was a series. Some people had talked about it. Uh, that was one of the games in my my CD case. Full disclaimer, 
a friend loaned me Age of Empires, and I never gave it back because <laughs> the friend stopped contacting me. I didn't stop contacting him. He stopped contacting me, for the record. And then I kept the game. So were you trying to say, like, hey, I'm trying to get this back to you? Or you mm-hmm. just chat with them, and they were like, I don't really want to chat. I mean, oh, they just... So he, uh, like, visited, like part of his family or whatever that was out there. He's just like, Hey, you know, borrowed this game. Um, and then just like never came back. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him, <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't actually return the game to him. Um, it sounds the first like place. they lost their chance. It's now yours permanently. Yeah. Which is great. Cause age of empires, like this is the OG one. This wasn't even two where you're dealing with castles and stuff. This is just tribesmen in America or something. And, this is- uh, Old school RTS, right? Yep, old school RTS. Uh, I'm not going to get into the full Age of Empires franchise, but it was really fun to um, run around, build buildings, make uh, priests go. uh, And then convert their guys. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we we (laughs) convert. Um, No, it was it was tremendous fun, and probably one of the first. First actual games on my list where I was like, this is going to exist in the future as well. This isn't like a niche genre or something that'll fall off. I could see RTS lasting a long time. And then it kind of did and it still sort of died off anyways. It's had a lot of variations in style. Yeah. One big RTS I grew up with at the time was War Games. Yeah. Which was based off of the movie War Games where a kid hacks into a NORAD supercomputer uh, called Whopper. Um, and it's essentially any association line. Parker. No, unfortunately I forget oh. actually what it stands for at this point. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. I'll look it up for useless information, but the classic line of the movie was, do you want to play a game? Which is before saw. No, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, shall Different we play meaning. a game? And it was, <laughs> thermonuclear war Mm -hmm. so essentially uh, in the rts version whopper are the robots they're one faction and then norad is the human faction Mm -hmm. a lot more standard military camo fatigues etc um they all kind of had their comparable units i preferred whopper thematically right and i also like that you could take some of their walker units and just path them over like the smaller grunt human units and you just squish them. Oh my gosh. I have a segue off that, but I don't know if you want to keep talking about war games. Also, Whopper apparently stood for um, War Operation Plan Response. Oh. That might actually be a real thing then. Um, (laughs) It sounds like it could be at least. So I will say one other thing. Um, The music in the game, I still go back and listen to. Very well done. I'm going to put the mission select music at some point in here for the edit. Nice. It's just, it, a lot of it is a throwback and nostalgia for me, but Mm -hmm. I think it's really solid. As far as an RTS, not the best by any means. (laughs) Yeah. Just simple. You hack a building for quote unquote currency, and then you spam. It's just one resource to have units generated from whichever building. Mm-hmm. You just try and take control of the map or do an objective. 
Yeah, I think simple resource RTS is kind of one out in the end, though. Like, there was some older ones like Age of Empires, where it's like gold, stone, wood, all this stuff. And for the most part, simple resources RTS, where you focus on like micro and macro, other than just a bunch of resources, succeeded. And there's more of those around. Yeah. Um, you said it wasn't the best RTS, though. What would you say is the best RTS? Out of stuff that I've played, probably StarCraft Brood War. Yeah, I spent a lot yeah. of time there, and I That's never good was good at Warcraft, and I, I was real bad at it. It just wasn't as cool thematically. Also, um, I just liked all the options for StarCraft, playing on fastest maps, playing on custom maps. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of time was really spent there, so it's going to influence my vote. Yeah. I didn't actually play Brood War. I played like StarCraft, old StarCraft before Brood War, but didn't get the expansion. And then this I guy doesn't know about lurkers. What a nerd. <laughs> I know what lurkers are. They exist in StarCraft 2, just not in um, not in uh, like actual competitive play mm-hmm. between people. I think some of the custom heroes have them, but um, obviously Swarm Hosts are better. Let's, let's be honest. Swarm Hosts are awesome. Get the fuck out uh, of here. <laughs> Swarm Hosts are actually great, though. Um, but anyways, that's a side argument. We'll have an episode on on lurkers versus swarmos later. Um, yeah, great, great choice on StarCraft though. Now that we're getting to like CD-ROM game. Yeah, because that was the era of battle chests. Granted, mm-hmm. it was really only Blizzard who was doing battle chests. Um, yeah, because it's Diablo two. It had its own episode. I won't go into it. Mm-hmm. StarCraft and Warcraft. Yep. And I really, I never played Warcraft. I know it's on your list here with, with no follow-up bullet points. I never played the original Warcraft, and I was really hoping the remaster would be reviewed well, at which point I would pick it up and play it and experience it. Well, Didn't happen. Just to clarify, this is Warcraft 3 we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know anything about the original Warcraft. Actually, anytime I've heard Warcraft referenced, it's been Warcraft 3. <laughs> I think the original was just orcs and humans. That was oh. it. But Warcraft 3 has the whole plot with um, Arthas, mm-hmm. Frozen Throne, uh, Burning Crusade stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Probably it was really cool story wise. Cool characters and all that. Um, I just sucked at the RTS stuff. But that was still a good time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I, I, I've because this is blizzard and they never retire characters i've experienced a lot of the flavor from warcraft (laughs) in recent games because they never go away (laughs) like oh yeah we're still getting lich king skins and overwatch or whatever right it's um it's pretty big influence at least in that company definitely industry-wide um blizzard does what nintendo does where they said oh people like this thing We'll never kill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse treatment. Um, and then I w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and I'm going to s- actually follow up on the segue. I didn't make at the time, which was uh, crushing people in your War Games RTS. Yeah. MechWarrior 3. This is another bargain bin game. We were just like checking out at some store. It was probably like Target, I think. And uh, there was just like, you guys know what we're talking about, but the uh, the box... The like crate, essentially just full of miscellaneous games. The boxes are beat up. Yep, like ninety five percent trash. 
I'm just like this this uh, this robot on the front of this one looks pretty cool. And it was Mech Warrior three for five bucks, which was low enough that I could again same price as the Army Men games individually. I was like, all right, I can get my parents to buy in on this. This looks cool. It's rated teen, I think. I'm a teen, um, and uh, it's it's freaking great. Um, unfortunately, the MechWarrior series has had some missteps recently, but this was all going back. You drop in, you could run people over. It was 3D, had all of your guns. You could customize your mech. You could field salvage things. Was it actually 3D? Yes. Or was it 2D perspective 3D? This one was actually 3D. Okay. This was like Windows 98, I think, requirement, something like that. Uh Oh, yeah. (laughs) This was like, do you have a graphics card? You don't need one, but if you have one, (laughs) it'll be slightly better. (laughs) Um, And uh, I don't know. It was really fun. Uh, I had a bunch of mechanics I liked with like random salvage at the end of missions. You could kind of like play through the game and have different mechs the second time because it was all just um, you were based off of you were resupplying based off what you found in the field. Um, so I think I, I went back and couldn't find, couldn't get like a Daishi mech that I had the first time. Mech warrior is great. Um, uh, but uh, also my most popular YouTube video of all time was a random mech warrior clip. Got like 5,000 views. Can you the audio me? bouncing. <laughs> the audio bouncing was trash too. <laughs> Just like I remember it. <laughs> I literally halfway through like this clip, which was just the first mission of MechWire, went in and turned the volume down. It's there in the recording, like me going into the menu and turning the volume down. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's what people relate to. <laughs> yeah, that's why I peaked. That <laughs> uh, was like YouTube launch. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of robots, did you ever play Robot Arena? I did not. Uh, don't look it up. It's not <laughs> as good as I remember at all. Yeah. But it was kind of off the time of Robot Wars okay, where you could design your own robot. You had a couple different chassis and different weapons. Mm-hmm. And you were initially limited by money. You had to win certain matches to get more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my main strat was to have a rectangular body, kind of like a ramming spear in the front to kind of like right. push the enemy into something it didn't really mm-hmm. deal damage as much but then i had four axes kind of on the top <laughs> and side okay and with a uh, key binding i could have those swing forward and it would cost fuel or energy or something yeah so i'd push them into a wall and then just throw <laughs> axes in all their shit hack those pieces so they could have other armor and thanks to essentially damage my weapons and armor. Mm-hmm. So worst case scenario, if that failed, I had an exact mirror on the opposite side. <laughs> so I would turn around and do it again. <laughs> you just like strap strap guns to the front. What if they hit us from behind? Strap guns to the back. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have any projectile weapons. Um, and it didn't have anything for flipping over, at least in the first game. Hmm. But I just remember enjoying it, putting spikes on a spinning robot and then just running at somebody. I'm it was really just, bad. 
I'm kind of just imagining if you designed tanks with the yeah. same ideology, you just have like rather than the forward cannon, the barrel, you have like a continuous barrel that also goes out the back and you can speed ammunition up. You're like, we can cover both sides. We're good. You put the shell in and you have like a like a button toggle for like which way it's going. <laughs> right. Don't get that wrong. You kill the commander. I mean, I don't know how guns normally work where usually there's kind of a a charge on one side, which then launches the projectile out the other side right but yeah, yeah that'll definitely work uh, yeah we just play play with guns and video games we don't know how they actually work that's there's science there i don't get it <laughs> that sounds cool though i've always liked the robot wars concept but it's kind of been um uh, i don't know it's sort of held back to me due to some of the lack of action or like we're not actually going to completely destroy each other's creations and things. Or there's a lot of transitions between scenes because there's yeah. not that much action and they have to build up to it. You can kind of get away with that in a game, though. And actually just have stuff wreck each other. Yeah, it was more of like the the edgy destroying stuff. Mm-hmm. So you didn't use nets and things. You relied on edge weapons. No, I wasn't catching a monkey in the 1970s. <laughs> throw a net like at throw, it. Yeah, throw a Pokeball at you. Grabbed it in the net, and you're like, you got a new robot. <laughs> no, I, I know they had at least one other entry in the series, but I know mm-hmm. in Robot Wars itself, a big strategy, at least early on, was a lot of the robots couldn't flip each other over because they didn't right. have a way to self-right. If they're upside down, they're like, well, wheels are on the bottom, fuck. But then there were iterations where certain things were specifically designed to have an appendage kind of like shoot out to try and flip it over. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then certain mechs were designed specifically to flip over another robot so it would be fucked if it didn't have that. Yeah. I've always... I I feel like the... the what is the, um, the cooking implement? My brain is just saying... Spatula? Skill... Skillet tool. Yeah, like a spatula. Exactly. Spatula is what I was looking for. Thank you. I got you. That's the, uh, that always seemed like if you could pro- provide the right amount of leverage, it would just be like an overpowered tool in, uh, in some of these, these, these conflicts. That's but why I for guess... my robot, I put, uh, overcooked eggs on the bottom so you mm. can never truly get it, get me <laughs> up off the pan. <laughs> it's like, and start, and you stay stationary. <laughs> Your strategy is to wait for them to come <laughs> for you, either front or behind. Here's what you do. You glue yourself before the match to the floor, mm-hmm. and you wait for them to come to you. Yeah. Or if you want to go advanced, just have like a crazy glue or super glue or something and a deployable canister on the bottom of the robot, and then you hit a button, and you're just like, boom, from this point forward, I make my stand here. <laughs> you just bunker up. Yeah, yeah, it's the siege, the one-way siege tank of Robot Wars. Uh, honestly, if they had more appendages, because usually it's like mobility, a fairly simple chassis, and then here's my method of attack. Mm-hmm. It would be cool to have more bolas in there, where it just kind of shoots out. And then wraps up around a mechanical arm or something to impede its method of attack. Yeah. You know, for the one robot that's like a fucking scorpion, where it has like a tail that strikes. I don't know. I think I like real ones. Yeah. (laughs) 
Bullets are bullets are cool. They're a fun weapon. I think in real life for robot wars, they eventually did limit what you could do with nets, or maybe remove them entirely. Because as it turns out, having a bunch of moving parts <laughs> doesn't work well against yeah. a fiber mesh net. <laughs> How boring would it be after day one if they allowed projectile weapons in Robot yeah. Wars? Oh it's gosh. just two sentry turns just like shooting at each other with <laughs> high velocity rounds. <laughs> Spectators on both sides <laughs> dying rapidly <laughs> as the gallery is shut I mean, up. they have like a layer of protective glass. I assume they'd want to double up on that at least. Yep, good call, yeah. I'd imagine their, their V1 implementation of the projectiles, though, is just like a robot with a gun. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> <laughs> little, little gun arm. They just taped to it. Oh my gosh. Uh, All right. I found ways to renew my interest in robot wars. Make it happen. I know you guys are friends of the show. Just saying rumors <laughs> and knives are still fairly entertaining. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's dangerous though. Oh my gosh. Okay. An entry as we're wrapping up on time. I'd yeah. be remiss if I didn't mention it. Thief. Yeah. I'm just going to say me. Thief is a series, not specific game at this point because mm-hmm. one and two were kind of they, they were games three i think improved on a whole lot but it was just that early entry and stealth and not being able to oh fuck your way out of it and by right. that <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> say i'm gonna need elaboration on that one so a lot of times when i talk about stealth games i'm like oh i'll be stealthy until i get spotted and then i'll murder everybody in the vicinity and then go back to being stealthy. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, your main wet method of taking out a guard would be a blackjack from behind. Right. Your dagger did no fucking damage because they were in actual armor and you were in yeah. a cloak. So if you got caught, it was really fucking dicey. Usually you would die because they had actual swords. Yeah. You weren't like a fighter. No, no, no. You were, you were a, a thiefer. Definitely a thiefer. So I wonder, like, uh, if you pirated Thief, are you just, you know, getting a jump start on the game? You're just like, nah, no, nah, we're going to start early with the thievery. You just steal the game, you're like, beat it. <laughs> beat it, yeah, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I own it now, law of acquisition. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I played Thief, uh, I think it's Thief 3 Gold or something like that. Thief Gold. It was a remake uh, or a full completion thing or something. One of those bundled, bundled packages. Is what Thief 3 had the factions. Thief 2 Golden Age might hmm. be what you're thinking of. It could have been. I did not play long. The The pacing was not up for me as a kid because I was uh, impatient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I like was sneaking around. I was like, all right, I think I got this. I think I got this. Also, it's not like an Elder Scrolls game, if I remember correctly, where it's like quick save load all the time. Uh, you can't just undo all your issues. I could have been wrong, but maybe That's I just didn't too know long. what the keybind was. But anyways, uh, a guard snuck up on me and assassinated me. I peed myself and stopped playing the game. <laughs> One of those things didn't happen. <laughs> but yeah. So you kept playing the game. Oh. <laughs> right. uh, no, I, um, so I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and I just moved on. Unexpected unexpected horror game is one of my 
least favorite genres, I think. Uh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to beat the uh, the new thief at some point. Uh, thief um, four that came out in like 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that being good. I remember waiting for it to come out actually. Yeah, that was something I was excited for because I loosely followed the Thief series. Like, oh, they're making another one. It was good. It wasn't crazy. Yeah, they just called it Thief. Yes, <laughs> they did. I, I don't know what this this thing is. This is very difficult for me to sort. Doom. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay. Twenty sixteen, <laughs> Thief. Twenty fourteen, whatever you know. I don't know. It's cool though. I think I'd probably have more patience for a thief like game now. Um, Cause uh, I don't know. I'm getting old, slowing down. Mental faculties aren't what they used to be. I feel that. I just, at the time, I think the main draw was being a badass, but also having different ways to solve a problem, which mm-hmm. early on, a lot of games were very linear. So when I had the option to have water arrows to take out light sources or shoot moss arrows to kind of mask my sounds as I was walking around, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's really cool. Yeah. For a lot of games, like, oh, I just walk around and then I shoot something or attack somebody. So adding on these early mechanics at that point in time was kind of new and fascinating. Yeah. You get actual decision making. Yeah. So whenever a game is trying to do new stuff and does it well, I really do appreciate that. I could see this as like a precursor to like the immersive sim genre, basically. Um, even if it doesn't have all of those pieces, they don't give you like the full, uh, full suite of choices. Having some of those basic choices rather than just here's the correct way to play the game. Do you execute that yeah. properly? Uh, is really nice. As opposed to like a platform where it's like, well, you fucked up. Yeah. Go do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Dang right. Speaking of doing it again, we have done it again. You're welcome. Yeah. That was our episode for today. Mm-hmm. Covers Tonight. now. <laughs> Today's date here. Right. Today of Sunday <laughs> in a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you guys have any uh, any games that uh, these uh, are, are recollections and ramblings and fake generated memories um, are evocative for for you, like uh, if you think back to games that you played and you want to tell us about those, feel free to do so. If you send us uh, emails, that would be a, more of a closed discussion, but you could do that at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or... If you want to have anybody comment on your stuff and or just press the like button and move on with their day, uh, you can do that at facebook.com slash podcast. And for the one lucky listener who can find the green text that I stole to copy everything that's in this episode verbatim, a $100 Amazon gift card will be going to you, you lucky winner. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Is, is the Amazon gift card also part of the green text? Like the giveaway at the end? It's this recursive nonsense. Have a good night. <laughs> Have a good night.